Welcome back. It's season four of the Lindsay Morgan Snyder podcast. This season, we'll be talking to even more interesting people called by God to love and influence the most culture-shifting city in society. That's right, Hollywood. Why? Well, our old friend Plato plainly puts it, those who tell the stories rule the society. Or, as Lindsay likes to say, as goes Hollywood, so goes the culture. We invite you to come and listen in. We'll be talking to a group Lindsay likes to call artists of culture, people who have risked it all to have a kingdom influence in the storytelling business. We are act one, no editing kind of people. So if we say something silly, we laugh at ourselves and we move on. No performance necessary, not on this show. And now, welcome your host, Lindsay Morgenstern. Welcome back. I'm so excited to have you. And I'm also so excited to have this darling, darling friend of mine on with us today. You guys are going to be so blessed. I have Miss Catherine Warnock on the podcast today. And I have to tell you just a quick little story of how I know her before I get into like her legit credentials, okay? Cause she is a legend. But I met Catherine on an Easter Sunday service. And I remember I was sitting in church and I saw this like darling blonde girl with the cutest outfit on ever. I was like, um, that girl has some good style. <laughs> that's, that's how I remember meeting Catherine. I've just always, she's always had good style but sometimes when you meet someone and they have good style, you're like, we might need to know each other. So anyway, I've known her for a few years. Well, probably like five or six years by now, but yeah. I'll give you a little um, intro. She was the general manager of Darling Magazine. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of Darling Magazine. She was the content manager. And if I get it wrong, Catherine, totally correct me for um, a, a, a part of MGM. Which one was it? It was- uh, I headed up content and programming for the Faith and Family Limb. Um called Lightworkers at MGM. Oh, Faith and Family. That's right. That's so cool. And then currently she's a content strategist at Angel Studios, which is the home of the Chosen series. So hey, I'm not so excited. If y'all haven't watched Chosen, you need to. So anyway, I want to introduce Catherine. Catherine, I know you have such a cool story of how you ended up in Hollywood. And I would love for you to just begin by sharing kind of that that time in Africa that God spoke to you. Yeah, so um, hi everybody. Um, so thanks Lens for having me. Um, yeah, Lens and I go way back. But um, so my trajectory for Hollywood is probably gonna be really atypical. <laughs> so basically I just love Jesus a lot and he invited me to this table and always told me that I would just take a back door in. So how it started was I went to university to become a teacher. So I was a high school teacher and while doing that, God just said a very long story, but basically was like, no, I want you to go to Mozambique, Africa and spend the summer there working with a ministry called Iris Ministries, Heidi and Rollin Baker. And so I went thinking, great, this is going to be the rest of my life. I'm going to be a missionary. Like I'm officially super holy. This is amazing. And so I, um, started there and while there um, ironically is where I met my husband that's a story for another day 
And there was a girl that was just deeply prophetic and really just powerfully moved in the prophetic and became friends with her. And we were out to dinner one day with Daniel, who became my husband later and a friend of ours. And the four of us were having dinner. And while there, she just basically gets like bomb dropped by God and just starts prophesying over me. It was seriously out of nowhere, like out of nowhere. It was like eat my chicken and then boom. And she's just like, you know, you know, you will go to Hollywood and da da da. And my mind is going, what? No, I'm here. I'm a missionary. What? Like, girl, you crazy. And then just the spirit of God so powerfully dropped. And, um, and it was undeniable. I was just kind of taken into an encounter with God and it was undeniable that he was asking me to go to Hollywood and really, um, embrace an industry that, that isn't really welcoming to Christians to be, to be blunt. And so God and I wrestled, I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating. Um, for at least 12 hours, just wrestled to where I was just, you know, groaning and just being like, God, I, w- I won't go. Like, and he was showing me just the dark elements, the hard elements of Hollywood. And I just was like, I won't go. Like, I, w- I w- no, 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 no. And then he was just like, but if you go, this is what you get to contribute, um, and be part of. And, um, then he began to show me just the beauty that is in Hollywood and the beauty of what he wants for Hollywood. And, and I just was like, okay, I'll go, I'll go. And so in typical God style, this is what he always does. I've, at least in my experience of he gives you a call and then he takes you immediately as far away from the call as possible. And so would it be helpful for me just to kind of give you the trajectory of like what happened thereafter? I, I love that. For people. It's so helpful, Catherine. Okay. It's so okay. helpful. It helps okay. me even because it's happened in my life. But I'm like, okay, no, girl, I'm with you. I'm with you, girl. The cost is great. Um, so if, if we leave this call at all with anything that I'm like, just the cost is great. And I don't think Christians, we talk about that enough. And the, he is worthy of the cost. And it is, if I've learned anything, it's the privilege and the fragrance of that cost that I get to give them. Um, I remember, side note, someone came into our house when we were still living in LA about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. And it was a particularly sacrificial season. I'll circle back, don't worry. But, um, and they just came into the house and they knew nothing of our story, nothing of the cost, nothing. Um, for all intents and purposes, we were meeting them for kind of the first time. And um, he came in and he just started crying immediately. And he just said, and later, he didn't tell us what happened, but later he just said, um, he goes, I've never smelled that fragrance before. And it was sacrifice. He goes, I walked into your house and I just smelled sacrifice. And he goes, and it broke me. And it broke us because it's like when you're in the pit and you're just in that cost season, you're just going, you're, you don't know what is happening in the spirit. Like you're just kind of trying not to give in to self-pity, you know? Yeah. And so that really ministered to us. So for what it's worth, guys. Okay, so back to the story. Um, I love so, it, Catherine. Keep <laughs> teaching, keep teaching, because it's so good. All right, love. Um, so my husband's English. So God brought us to London, where I became a personal assistant for an extraordinary man, um, Paul Cowley, at um, as part of Alpha, Social Transformation through Alpha, Holy Trinity Brompton in London. And that was just such a really precious season. But that was also when God started working personally in my life to just really uproot, you know, I was a, you know, high level athlete in college and I never struggled with eating issues, body image issues ever. 
And, you know, college athletics are ripe with them. They're ripe with eating disorders. And I just never did. And so this was the next part was very much a surprise to me where God clearly spoke to me. He said, I'm going to uproot some things. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Like super naive. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And so then I find myself downward spiraling into some severe eating disorders. I've never struggled with them ever before. And um, that went on for like two years. I'm newly married and dealing with this. And I'm this Christian leader supposedly. And I'm like feeling so ashamed that this is my internal private hidden struggle. Um, and it was a long journey. Again, we can story for another day perhaps, but, um, uh, and I just continually partnered with God to just let this not become my story, not let it. Um, and this is probably controversial, but I was determined of like, no, this isn't a mental illness. This is, I need deliverance. Like, this is not, this is not you, God. And this is not how you've built me. This is something you are actively uprooting in me. And I praise you for it. And so I really partnered with him under that lens. Um, But it was, I really validate those that this is their struggle. This is their journey. Cause it was the most excruciating prison. It was horrific. And just the daily battle of believing that freedom was possible and that this wasn't my life story was a war in and of itself. So anyways, one day God wakes me up. Sorry. Is this fun story? Is this helpful? Okay. It's helpful. This is so helpful. <laughs> you preaching, oh girl. I love it. His stories. His stories are good. So, okay. I wake up. It's really real. real though. Right. Catherine? I know. And he's, and I think that's, I'm like, he's real. Like he's just I may hold this position, like heading up content here and there, wherever, and it might seem sexy, but this is the path. This is the path. This is the real life of who God is asking us to be. So it was a really dreary, rainy day in London. And I normally cycled to work, but this day I was like, I'm going to take the bus. But I woke up and I was just in a foul mood. I was in such a foul mood. And God was just like, um, he said, Catherine, I want you to sit with me. Catherine, I want you to sit with me. And I'm like, no, like, I know I'm not sitting with you. And he's like, just Catherine, come sit with me. He just kept asking me. And so finally I was like, fine, God, you get five minutes. Creator of the universe, you only get five minutes. <laughs> so he sits down and he immediately starts saying, Catherine, today is the day of your deliverance. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like crazy, like, okay, good, good, good. Five minutes is up, boom, I'm off. And I'm like off to the bus. And so I'm on the bus. I remember vividly where I was sitting. I was on the upper deck, everything. And he's just like the whole time, he's just going, Catherine, you know, Catherine, today's the day of your deliverance. Today's the day of your deliverance. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, so then I start where the bus, my bus stop. And I start walking down the steps to get off the bus, double-decker buses in London. And as I'm stepping off the bus, but God literally, he goes, clear as day. He goes, Catherine, ask yourself, why are you so upset? Mm. Like what got you so upset? And I woke up and I, and I stopped, like literally I stopped dead in my tracks. And I go, that's a really good question. I don't, nothing has happened. And he goes, could it be that the enemy is trying to steal what I have for you today? And as soon as he said that, it was like my spirit took a big bite of it and was like, yes. And as soon as that happened, two angels showed up Mm. on either side of me. And I'm like, what is happening? They start dancing and like going celebrating party style. And as soon as they did that, something lifted, like shot through me, Mm. left me. And immediately I knew I was free. Wow. Like free, free, free. I start weeping. People are staring at me like I'm crazy because they can't see the angels. 
I start dancing with the angels. Cause keep in mind, I've been in like hardcore prison bondage for two years. Like, and I knew I was free. Wow. And since that day, I've never struggled with anything since, since that day, it's been completely just total utter freedom. And so that was like step one. And then step two was a few years later, God was like, okay. And this was like a long journey of like, take you as far away from Hollywood as possible. God was like, okay, a couple years later, now it's time to uproot shame mm. and unworthiness and performance and, you know, unworthiness, performance, criticism, manipulation, um, inability to say, I was sorry. That's all fruit of shame, fruit of this at the end of it. Um, God did this exercise with me where it goes, you know, get to the root of it. What's follow the rabbit trail? What's the root of shame? And for me, the core lie was your piece of shit. That was literally the verbatim core lie. Um, and I, I don't know where to this day, I don't know where it probably came through um, some of the uh, abuse I had as a child, sexual abuse, like probably it's where it came in. I don't know. So anyways, that was an excruciating two and a half years of uprooting. So then skip ahead to God asked me to take a free paid position with an A-list Hollywood actress, just as an assistant on a film. And I'm in the middle of having shame uprooted in my life at this time. So I was like a shadow of myself, like completely unprepared for what I was about to encounter on, in, in film set life. And I was the, the bubble Christian that was just like, you know, all of a sudden people are talking to me about open marriages and threesomes and getting, buying them drugs. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like literally shrinking. I'm like, I'm this, you know, this, this bubble Christian. I'm like, who hadn't been in the real, real world for, you know, real world outside of Jesus for like a number of years. And frankly, I like embarrassed myself, not in a bad way, but I just was like, I was the type of Christian that just was not approachable to any of them. Mm. And that was a really hard lesson for me to learn of just like, I was weird. I was just, I have no problem being weird and I have no problem being different and because of my beliefs. But the problem was that I, they felt judged by me. Mm. And so Jesus really took me on a journey then of just going, Catherine, like you've got to get to the point where, where people in Hollywood don't feel an ounce of judgment off you. You've got to get to the point to truly, you just are accessing love and that's it. And the rest is between me and them. Mm-hmm. And so that was a long journey and shame had to go for that because so much you're, when you, when you deal with shame, you're critical, right? So then skip ahead. God told me to become a, take a receptionist job at a film studio. So I took a receptionist job at a film studio. And this is super funny because I was just a receptionist. And one day um, the CEO of the company comes to me and he just said, um, as he's leaving one day, like his car was there to pick him up or whatever. And he just goes, just looks at me. It was like, he stopped and just thought of something and looked at me and he goes, you know, have you ever done script coverage before? And I was just like, or he goes, no. Cause it was, he, the way he asked it made it so I didn't have to lie. <laughs> he said, can you do script coverage? Hmm. And I knew if I could just figure out what the heck script coverage is, I could do it. And so I said, I went, yes, I can do it. Um, and so he goes, great. And the next day he dropped off a script on my desk and he said, I want script coverage by tomorrow. And I'm like, uh, okay. I'm like, Google. And so exactly. I was like Googling what the heck is, and this is like, this was like 13 years ago or something. So this is like, 
I feel like Google was still even a new thing in and of itself. It wasn't really, but it felt like it. And um, so I Google it, learn how to do script coverage, put it together, deliver it to him the next day. I get a call from his office just saying he loved your script coverage, wants you to do three more by the end of the week. Did three more by the end of the week. One of them, he ends up optioning to Sony. Like it was a really big, really big win. And then um, he just promoted me to creative director. It was the weirdest, like plucked you from receptionist. You're now creative director. Wow. That was crazy town, right? And then the film industry just totally collapsed out because this was in Michigan. And this is where Hollywood like had taken residence in Michigan. Like all of the major productions were coming to Michigan because of the tax incentives. So then it just totally dries up overnight. And so my husband and I have to make the decision, do we move to LA? And we really felt God saying it was time and we were ready to move to LA. So then I get involved in fashion, <laughs> I have no idea. So I became um, headed up and this is all important because I couldn't be doing the jobs I'm doing now if I didn't have this really eclectic, weird trajectory. Because if you look at my resume, you're like, are you even employable <laughs> because it's it's so like just it's like a little maze but only the people that have eyes to see I've noticed know what to do with me and know that you're indispensable or you're not and wow. so it's really interesting it's been really interesting to me to see how that has operated so then um and we're nearing the end guys don't worry I no, think we love it, Kat. <laughs> <laughs> okay and so then what happened um Y'all came to LA. Oh, the fashion. Yeah so, yeah. so I'm like telling you guys the short version. So did fashion for a couple years. Then God asked me to come on staff at Vintage Church in LA. As on, I was already on the elder team. He asked me to come on staff as my original title was chief operating officer. I think my, and we just ended up changing my title um, to be less business, which is fair. Um, so I operated, I guess, essentially as the executive director stroke pastor type person under under the head pastor gear and that was such a wonderful amazing time and that was just really um redemptive in my soul i think it just gave me a natural ability to just switch away from the fashion side of things and but the, through fashion i learned how to manage creatives in a whole new way i learned how to create my studio just continually had I learned how to harness kingdom culture without words because I can't sit there and all these models are coming in throughout my door all day. I can't sit there and just like preach Jesus to them. I didn't barely even had time to eat a sandwich, you know? And so it's like, I had to learn how to depend on like, what kind of culture can I cultivate in this place? I have authority. This is my studio. This is my sect of this international company. Um, how do I, and I just watched as like models, began finding Jesus. Models began saying, I used to sleep around. I don't anymore. I like used to be drunk and high all the time. And now I'm like going to church guys. And like, I began just hearing this extraordinary transformation. I think every single one of my employees is now a Christian or deeply seeking. Like, it's just crazy. And none of them, like they, like it was a very toxic environment when I started. So that's when I began to learn of just what we develop internally. God is desperate to also teach us how to harness it atmospherically, like as, as worship. And so that's where I learned how to do that. So then he's just so kind, but it was hard. It was gnarly. I was a toxic company. Mm. And then um, I just woke up this morning thinking about it going, oh gosh, thank you God that you <laughs> delivered me from that company. 
So anyways, after Vintage, God opened a door for me to work at MGM under Mark Burnett and Roma Downey on a feature film campaign, uh, after which they hired me full time. And so I helped lead the charge on the branding and launch of Lightworkers, which ended up having like 24 million plus audience. Like God did amazing things. And I loved my time there working for Mark and Roma and um, just all the, the amazing work they've done for Faith Media. And then I got to have a year off with my third baby. I have three and a half year old twins and then a year old, a one year old. And so I got to take a year off her first year. I got to just be home with her, which was so special because I didn't get that with the twins. And then I recently started the job at Angel Studios where I'm heading up content strategy for The Chosen and we're ramping up and getting ready to launch a number of other really amazing shows. So that's been the really wild trajectory of, um, but a lot of just, a lot of God just going, will you sacrifice so that I can develop you in character, in soul and spirit? And will you um, be willing to be really overlooked, really? Because I'm giving you guys the highlights. I'm not telling you all the times where I've been, um, backstabbed or I've been politically outmaneuvered because I just won't play the dirty Hollywood games or when because I'm not going to self-promote I don't get the promotions I'm not telling you guys all of that stuff which I think is important I the do practical stuff so anyways that's the quick story well it wasn't so quick <laughs> no it was powerful I know I love it and I love what you're saying about you know, how there's like, like, like that was the highlight, you know, and that can yeah. always seem so like exciting and amazing. And, you know, I mean, just in my own story, it's like, I, you know, I'm like doing something and then I like run into yeah. a wall. Yeah. And I don't know what you think about this. I'd love to hear what you think about this, but like, you know, the brick wall sometimes I think is yeah. the Lord, like, okay, I'm just going to sort this out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I love what Bill Johnson says. He's like, the enemy doesn't cause the bad or the Lord doesn't cause the bad things, but he will use it in such a way that it almost looks like he caused it. Cause he will use it in such a way yeah. that it almost feels like he caused it. And I, you know, I don't know what you think of that, but I just feel like I'll be like doing something, think I'm going in the right direction. And then I'll hit some kind of brick wall and it will be painful and I don't believe the Lord caused it, but then it will uproot something from me, yeah. uproot that worthiness, uproot that shame, uproot that yeah. whatever it is. And, you know, I'd love to, if there's any stories that are popping to your mind about around that, I, I love to talk about the real and the raw, you know, in the midst of the goodness. Yeah. I think two things that, um, that might be helpful from my background are there, there are two themes that to this day, I have peace about, and I really um, genuinely have peace about, but still cause me pain, if that makes sense. Um, one is, I have, I think I've been laid off, like five different times, which people that have worked for me, under me, alongside me, um, can't rationalize it. People that know me really well, because it's just, um, I do know my caliber of talent in certain areas is, you know, is exceptional. And I say that with confidence, not cockiness. Um, and that, that's been a hard fought battle of being able to even say that. But um, so it, it doesn't make sense. And it just feels like this isn't normal. Like, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like Abraham Lincoln a little bit of like failure is just following me, but it makes no sense because I don't, in my work, I don't fail. 
So it just, it's it like one plus one doesn't equal two in this equation to me. It's just so foreign. But it, yet it's something that keeps following me to the point where I'm like, God, it'd be great if I don't have to be laid off again, especially when I'm the primary caregiver and my husband stays home with the kids. Like that, I don't have, we don't have a fallback outside of him. You know, we don't, I don't, it's not like I've got sugar daddy, you know? So, um, and then the other one is <clears throat> um, often and frequently being overlooked um, for promotion. And that is to where I constantly just feel invisible, where God will be like, okay, you're invisible. And then, okay, Catherine, people see you now. You're allowed to lead the charge here and here. Okay, the cloak of invisibility is back on. Okay, you're allowed to be seen again. Okay, cloak of invisibility. And it's like almost this whiplash thing of God being like, okay, now I need you to lead. Okay, now I need you to be willing to be unseen. Okay, now I need you to lead. Okay, now I need you to be willing to be unseen. And that to me is um, really tests pride, really tests pride. Because for me, it's going um, that it's just illogical to like the normal human desire of ambition right it's just like it's completely makes sense doesn't make sense and so for me it's been this journey of um I remember once uh, we had lunch with 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 a pastor friend of ours and we were leaving lunch um he, after he we're having lunch with he and his wife this is before we had kids and I was getting in the car and he said to me just out of nowhere he um he just goes Catherine, I see your angel and he's holding you back. He's literally, I see you and he's holding you back. And I just started crying because he articulated what I have felt ever since God gave me that call mm. in Mozambique. And, and I just said, Seth, I feel that every single day. I said, every single day, I feel that. And I don't know how yet to work with that tension. I just know how to submit to it, but I don't understand it. Um, and so I've had to learn, and I think it's really important if you are wanting to, there's two things that I can't equate or even really condone is such a strong word, but I can't think of a better one at the moment for Christians wanting to enter Hollywood. And that is, we just simply can't be in a hurry to get anywhere because then it just becomes humanism. It just becomes you know, what can we do in our own strength? And that's, that's not living. That's not, God can put his spirit on it, but it's not from him. It's from our own strength, our own flesh, and it's therefore limited. And I don't want anything humanistic in my life. I just, so I had to learn how to just let all that angst be and just submit to it because I'm like, I don't want to make a self-made throne for myself because I could do. Sure. Especially when you know you're talented in certain areas, you can have ambition, you can self-promote, but to actively choose not to, to actively choose not to self-promote in this industry when everyone is doing it, um, not angel, they're extraordinary. The culture there is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's so refreshing. Um, anyways, I don't know if that makes sense, yeah. but those are the two things that came to mind for that area. Yeah. I love that part about the, like being hidden and then like being shown. It's almost like, cause I've experienced that too, you know, where yes. I, I like get hidden and I like it. You know what I mean? Like me and Jesus hanging out, you know, I don't like it. <laughs> You're I a better like person it. than I, 
No, I like, well, well, it's, it's because of fear and unworthiness. So it's, it's not that I'm like holy, it's actually <laughs> my insecurity, you know, and my, my fear of trusting people and, you know, my unworthiness issues. And, and so, you know, he's working that out with me and then he'll tell me to like step forward and do things and it's scared me so much but he just I always say he kindly backed me into a corner you know very kindly of course you know so that I would have to kind of just do it anyway you know yeah, yeah, yeah. The unworthiness even with the fear like just do it anyway Lindsay so I understand that but that makes a lot of sense because if he does decide to kind of take me back in the hidden place like it's good to be like this is God this is okay I'm going to go back into that place with him, you know, like it's really powerful for people to understand that, like, just because, you know, you are promoted into whatever position, hold it lightly, right? Like hold everything lightly, because if he tells us to stop, whether that's like a release from the Mm -hmm. job, or he literally asks you to step away, we want to be able to like, do what he's saying, even if it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Girl, yes. Girl, I totally get it. I totally get I it. It's so crazy. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about that I loved what you said is when you were at the fashion, when you were in fashion, mm. and I, I've never heard that before, Catherine, where you said that what is cultivated inside of you, which is probably in those hidden seeds, seeds yeah. like mm-hmm. then, then you can bring that out in the atmosphere around you. Can you tell us more about that? Because I've never yeah. heard say that. And I love that. <laughs> Yeah, if I if I uh, were ever the book writing type, maybe we'd go there. But um, no, I. So, God started talking to me, just saying back to when I was assisting that one actress on set, and I just learned a lot <laughs> about what not to be. And God was just very clear of like you have to learn to just they can't feel an ounce of judgment off you, and that's sensory, right? That's not verbal communication of I'm judging you. It's something, it's the, it's unsaid, but yet deeply felt. And there were real moments of proof of that happening when I was on set. Not that I was this crazy person, Bible bashing, crazy person, but it was, it was something in my soul that was, that had guile to it. It was, I wasn't guileless in that. I'm just loving you in, 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 the area you're at where, you know, your, your lifestyle is threesomes, open marriages, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's not my lifestyle. And so how do I just love? So that's where it started because how do you let someone not feel an ounce of judgment on you? One, you have to really hunt down love and learn how to let that be the only uh, thing you're pursuing. But two, you have to learn to be, okay, then what is kingdom culture? Kingdom culture is love. It's not judgment, right? And there, there is right and wrong. I am not remotely saying that. I'm absolutely saying that. And I'm not okay with where the deconstruction movement is taking, blurring the lines of, of, of good and evil or what's, what's permissible and what is not. And God is very clear on what is permissible and what is not. But he, his culture is love. And so my job is to love. His job with you know, Holy Spirit is to convict. That's not my job. My job is not to convict you. My job is to so usher in and give him a conduit of where he can access you. And that massage of conviction, it feels like the greatest breath of fresh air you've ever heard. That's how he convicts. 
Um, and so not in all instances, of course, but we'll conversation for another day. I just don't want like people saying I'm being heretical or heretical, heretical, whatever the word is. Um, so anyways, what that looks like in a working environment, it's the same type of thing of like, when you're at home, you create a culture. I want this to be a peaceful environment. I want this to be one where I'm going to foster love, where I'm going to foster welcomeness. I'm, I'm not going to allow in how I choose to operate, how I choose to honor as the leader of this, you know, as the man and wife of this house, as, as, as the leader of that studio, how I choose to operate sets the standard. Mm. And if I'm honoring, if I'm, so some of it's practical. How, how am I treating, how, is it a kingdom culture that I'm operating in or am I gossiping? Am I slandering? Am I being critical and abusive to my employees? Or am I serving them? So one, one side of it's practical. The other side of it is, this is going to sound really weird, but this is just how I operate with God, is I actively just like go, like I, I, I access what is in me with him. And I just like, I wait till I can kind of dial in and like almost hook on to the atmosphere. Okay, let me back up for a second. Sorry, no one's ever asked me, asked me that question. So I'm sitting here going, how do I answer? So in um, Exodus, it talks about we are commanded to extend our tent pegs so that people can come under our tent and rest. Now, in that passage, they're talking about it from a practical standpoint, but as someone not living in ancient times reading that, I'm going, okay, what's the equivalent for me? And I remember one day, Holy Spirit was just like, no, you have to learn how to so grow in authority in the spirit, um, grow in understanding with me, go from truth to truth, strength to strength, um, and so, you know, pursue becoming like Jesus, that your authority in the spirit is growing. That's your tent. Hmm. And the more that you pursue and grow, and the more that you access authority in heaven to love and just be a covering for people, um, the more people can come under your tent and rest because they're drawn to that. They're drawn to the kingdom culture. They're drawn to the rest in the shade of your tent. And so I like, okay. And so I like act, that's something I actively pursue with God that I actively, Matthew eleven twelve. 12, I storm the gates of heaven and I go, teach me God how to extend my tent text because you've commanded that of me. It is my job to so grow in you that other people can, can access what I've created with you, mm. that you've blessed me with God to rest, mm. that they can find shelter so that they, the noise gets lowered so that they can actually just access you Jesus and that's what I found was happening is I just started going extend my tent pegs and teach me how to use that in authority atmospherically um, in this studio and so I just began just every day like when I was a teacher I would do this too I would I would go in early anoint and pray over the room I would anoint the desks and like my students would always come in I always feel different when I'm in your room Miss Lolly I wasn't married at the time and I remember that. And so it was just like, no, I'm going to pray. Lord, I give you this studio. Teach me. How, I have authority over the side of this company. Teach me, God, how to usher you in. You are welcome here. You are welcome here, Jesus. Would you just come? Would you, and it was, it was all internal. Because I didn't even have time to go actively pray at the studio. We were so busy. But it was just continually going, Jesus, have your way. And it was just this, it was this, it, this internal exchange between Jesus and I going, I want to learn how to extend my temp pegs 
over a whole environment. Mm. And he just began teaching me. And so now with my kids, I'll hold them and I'll just like access my tent internally. I know it sounds weird, but it's just how I operate with them. And I'll just like, I'll wait till I feel it. And then I'll start just draping them with it. Mm. And then I just feel my kids go, they don't even know I'm doing it. I just feel my kids go, and they go really quiet and they just stay still because I'm like, you come under my tent wow. because I'm going to teach you what this tent feels like so that you never crave anything else. Wow. Wow. And so that's what was happening in the studio of, I was just going, I was offering them something that they couldn't find anywhere else. Mm. Um, and he was so faithful and that he met them and he started breaking off addictions. And one is like a hardcore, hardcore ministry. She's in hardcore ministry now. And like her life is completely different. Like it's extraordinary. And so I don't know if that answers your question. And I know I'm fumbling for the answer, but at least you got a real answer. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. I love the real, real answers. No, I know you girl. <laughs> that's so powerful I love that I mean as you're as you're talking I'm like trying to take it in you know I'm like okay so but I love what you were saying about um how you're accessing it from within and you're like almost and maybe I'm saying it in a different way and tell me if I'm wrong but like like you're almost communicating with like heaven the holy spirit like at the same time that you're like in the studio like doing the practical work like maybe that's a simpler way to say it, but that's kind of how I'm understanding it. Tell me if I'm wrong. Like, no, I think, I think what you just said gave me a really good visual that I think might help us all is, you know, we read in scripture that Paul's shadow healed people. Amen. And it's like, how, how? And it's like, I don't think we as Christians are taught enough how to dig wells of revival in our own lives Amen. so that we can just get, so it's given away effortlessly because it's so alive on us, in us, through us, that we're so harnessing the kingdom of God that without even words or intent, like Paul wasn't walking through, you know, the market going shadow, heal people, shadow, heal people. Like he, it wasn't like that was his objective that day. His objective was just, I'm going to so make my life so full of God that I'm going to do the hidden work that nobody sees that God alone can access and choose to use. And I think we as Christians, especially our generation and younger are like platform, we got to be an influencer. We've got to have something to say. And so everything is intellectual or what's the conversation of the hour. And so little of what we actually hear has the authority and the life on, uh, from heaven, because this is like Joseph, how many years did he pay for that authority he had? Amen. How many years are you paying for the authority that is coming on your life in increasing measure? I now have an influencing globally through an, a TV show that I've been invited into because I think, God, I feel like it's because he's like, I can trust you, Catherine. You, I could care less if I'm, you know, whatever, but I won't talk about that, but um. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> what a girl. girl. I'll start a whole, I'll start, I'll like, I'll like, anyways. Girl, we can talk forever. I love it. No, I'm so on your, I just was remembering us being in a class and, and you were, you and your husband were teaching and like, you guys were just saying all this stuff about like, when we were talking about freedom and like how to get free and like, it was yeah. just so powerful. I know you and I have very similar hearts in that. So I love it. But I remember that conversation. You were like, but how do we get free? And I was like, 
there's no easy solution. It just takes time. There's literally no way around just spending time with Jesus. Yeah. If you want freedom, if you want promotion, if you want to, to walk in greater measure of him, you've got to do the hidden, unsexy work. It seems unsexy, right? To just go sit and say no to a lot of really cool things to just get more of him. That's truth. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, and I think, you know, you guys were two that inspired me to do that because then I went on this six year sabbatical. <laughs> I thought it was going to be three weeks and it'd be in six years, but you know, of just me and the Lord, like he was healing my soul. Same story. Like yeah. I was like, God, I want you to heal me. Even if it hurts, you know, three months later, I'm like out of work, laying on my kitchen floor crying, you know? And I remember the Lord being like, baby girl, like you asked me for this, you know? And I was like, hi, you're right. <laughs> so I love what you, I love everything you have to say. We could definitely talk for another like two hours for sure. And I might have to have you back for, for uh, part two, but I know you are busy. We could do part two Joe Rogan style, like just sit, have a meal for three hours on Zoom. <laughs> That would be so fun, actually. That would. <laughs> Don't yeah, give me any ideas, Catherine. <laughs> Just give me, give me an excuse to talk about him with you and we're good. Um, no, oh, I adore you. I'm so, I'm so, I don't mean to sound patronizing, but I'm so proud of what you're doing. It hasn't been easy and you're just extraordinary. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for how well you honor people and how much you fight for people to like embrace process so crucial especially if people want to engage with this industry right yeah i mean i don't know i'm just like doing my own journey you know but so it's just well, you're mo you're modeling the journey and it's the correct one really <laughs> just for what it's worth that's so i so needed to hear that Catherine. thank you <laughs> yeah girl oh, well you are so precious um would you mind praying for our listeners yes i let you get back to your sweet babies which were a miracle right they were all miracles they were all miracles um we couldn't conceive for gosh close to seven years so god is so good um yes jesus we worship you um I thank you that you just delight in us. I just feel your, your joy over us and your excitement over just what's happening in this moment. And I just thank you, Lord. I thank you that we get to be part of this amazing story. I thank you that we, while here in the flesh, would you teach us, would you remind us of what, about the privilege it is to just worship you in the pain, worship you in the turmoil worship you in the hardship and worship you in the joys as well. Um, I pray for everyone listening, Lord, that you would just wreck them, that you would, that you would um, take them on unexpected journeys, that you would teach them how to find a yes deep in their spirit to just say yes to whatever you ask of them, that you would journey them towards a yes. Um, and I pray, Lord, that you would... Um, equip those um who just have wobbly legs that you would just who are tired and weary that you would just equip them with new strength that you would teach them afresh how to put on that belt of truth that you would teach them afresh how to walk in truth and that you would teach them afresh how to be willing to trust you again lord and i feel like that's for someone in particular 
that there's no shame in not being able to trust God. Mm. He wants you to take that journey with him. So God, I just say you're amazing. I thank you. And I ask that you would continue to use us, that you'd continue to let us grow ever closer to you, your glory, your goodness, your greatness. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, we do. He's so kind. Oh, guys, thanks for listening to our conversation. I know. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys, we'll definitely see you uh, soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, now, wasn't that fun? See you next week, guys, as we explore another fascinating story of Jesus in Hollywood with your host, Lindsay Morgan Snyder. And for more from Lindsay, check out lindsaymorgan.co, where she coaches high-capacity, dynamic individuals called to entertainment and Hollywood in the areas of biblical self-love, self-acceptance, and connection with themselves and God. This is Nathan Madden, and as always, it's been a pleasure.